Uh, growing up, uh, one of our uh, traditions uh, after we had done our Christmas Eve thing with uh, all my extended family and cousins and whatnot at my grandma's house, Christmas Day after uh, Mass and after we opened our presents from Santa, we uh, would uh, have a, like a big dinner, you know, at the house. Just, you know, mom and dad, my brothers, sisters, myself. And that's what we just, we did that every year. And so I was maybe in second or third grade, something like that. And uh, right before Christmas, uh, my dad told us that, well, we were gonna change up, change it up a little bit on Christmas day, that we were going to invite somebody uh, over uh, for dinner. And, you know, to me, that was shocking because we just hadn't done that before on Christmas. And I wasn't sure that I liked the idea, but then he went and told us that, because we had said, well, who is it? And he said, well, it's, it's, it's Pee Wee. Pee Wee's coming for dinner on Christmas. I'm like, oh my gosh, not Pee Wee. All right. So Pee Wee was a, a guy that kind of worked for my dad and did odds and ends for him. And, and, uh, and you know, I didn't like Pee Wee. <laughs> Pee-wee was a, he was, he was a little odd, right? And, you know, he looked just like you'd think a Pee-wee would look, right? So, I was disturbed that he was coming for dinner. And I, and I told my mom and dad, that's not acceptable. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want Pee-wee to come to dinner. And uh, I said, well, they said, well, he is, he is coming, so. Prepare yourself. <laughs> um, so it was Christmas and it was time for dinner. So uh, Pee Wee comes to the door and comes into the house and he, you know, he's, he's a little nervous and because he, he, you know, he lived by himself and he didn't have any family and and, and I think he you just you know how you, that awkward feeling coming into a situation like that and. Uh, but my you know, parents quickly uh, made him feel at home and we sat around and, and I ignored him and <laughs> then it was uh, time for dinner so we all went into the dining room and uh, um, my dad uh, gave Pee Wee my chair. <laughs> the outrage. And I stood there and, and my dad looked at me like, don't you even. Say it. He goes, Danny, go, go sit down by your sister. I'm like, oh, that's even worse. And so that was, I was just, I was so upset. And pouting and, you know, brooding and all that. And uh, my dad gave this lovely toast like he always does. And then uh, Pee Wee said, excuse me, I can, I'd like to just make a toast myself. And I'm like, oh boy. And he, and he just said, look, uh, folks, uh, I just, I, I have to thank you. Um, I don't have any family. And then the tears started coming down his face. Just started, he just started crying. He said, I, have, I don't have any place to go. And I just want to thank you. This is like the best Christmas I've ever had. 
And you know, I just felt like this, this big. I wanted to crawl under the table. I was so, so embarrassed, so ashamed of myself. That all it took to give him the best Christmas he ever had was to give him a place at the table to let him into our house. And as I reflect on it, that was one of the best Christmases I ever had. And Joseph decided to divorce her quietly. Imagine how he felt, Joseph. Here's a guy, like all young men at that stage of their life, he's in love, He's got his whole life in front of him, and he's got his dreams, and he's just getting ready to get started. And then Mary tells him that she's pregnant, and that the Holy Spirit is the one by whom she is conceived. Try to put yourself in his shoes for just a second. Do you ever wonder, in that moment, you know, he's, he's gonna have a family, lots of kids, he's gonna build his furniture warehouse into this, you know, this big box store. And, uh, he had to have felt ripped off. Like he got gypped, you know? So he decides to divorce her quietly. Now, he could have done it because the law said he could do it. He's like, all right, I'll stone her. That's totally within his right. The law also said he could expose her to the community and to the shame that that would have caused. At least he would have felt vindicated. But that's not the kind of guy he is. In the midst of all his disappointment, being upset, and all his comfortable, carefully laid plans just thrown completely out the window. So I'm not going to do that to her. That's not what we do with people who disappoint us. I'll divorce her quietly. So that's what his intention when the angel comes to him when he's sleeping. Now, this is a great uh, like image for the deeper level of spirit. When all of our defenses are down and the Holy Spirit can get in there and just go right to our heart. You're not going to do that. You're not going to divorce her. You're not going to throw her out. You're not going to reject her. You're going to suck it up and you're going to move on and you're going, to, you're going to let the Lord have your life. And you might be disappointed and angry and upset and inconvenienced, but the Lord's got you. And whenever we do what He wants us to do, we might feel disappointed at the beginning, but in the end, it always works out for the best. It's always better. His plans always can be better than any plan we come up with on our own. that deeper level of spirit where God speaks to our hearts 
and gets in there before we can put the door up. And he gets in there and he reveals to us how much he loves us. See, brothers and sisters, it's three days before Christmas. And the Lord wants us to take scandal into our house. He wants us to take all the people in our life that are inconvenient, unwanted, unloved, and bring them into our house and make a place for them at the table. We've all got a peewee in our life, don't we? Think about this. Who in our life right now are we upset with? Who aren't we talking to? Who haven't we spoken to in, in a long time? Who's disappointed us? Who's rejected us? Who do we build up resentment for in our life? And they might not be people outside our house. They might be at our very own table. And yet we're resentful and angry and bitter and got grudges up, up and down. Who are they? We've all got a peewee. And here it is three days before Christmas. And the Lord is saying, bring peewee, bring scandal, bring those disappointments, rejections, inconveniences, those things that make us uncomfortable, those things that make us feel like we got ripped off. You bring them into your house and, and, and you let me show you what I'm going to do with them. My plan's always better than yours, so knock it off. It's three days before Jesus comes because there was no room for him in the end. So you're going to make room for him. Make room in your heart, the deeper level of spirit. Make room in your heart for Jesus. Make your heart a manger. Those prickly imperfections of our resentments. Make them into a bed for his most precious body. Let Jesus have it. All those people in our life, make a place for them. Because it's three days and he's coming. Whether we want him or ready for him, whether we're ready for the plan that he has for us. It's time to bring scandal into your house. That's the test of a true Christmas, by the way. You want to be happy on Christmas Day. That's the way. So let's just end it with this. Just imagine a conversation between Joseph and Jesus some years later. And Jesus, who is second or third grade, they're at the Montessori school in Nazareth. <laughs> and he's in his dad's workshop, and he's watching Joseph work the wood, watching Joseph touch it, caress it lovingly, the wood. He says, Dad, why do you do that? Why do you do that to the wood? 
This is Jesus because it would be easy to hack away at it, brutalize it, make it to what I want it to be. That never works. You've got to love it. You've got to talk to it. Caress it. At that deeper level of spirit, you've got to let it reveal to you what it is truly inside. And then you've got to work it lovingly to bring it out. You've got to be patient. And you've got to be forgiving. This is Jesus. I used to be that guy who would force it and push it and brutalize it. And then I'd ruin it and I'd throw it away. But we don't throw things away because they're inconvenient or broken or they don't do what we want. We don't throw them away. I used to be that guy. But then one time, I opened my heart and I built a house. And in that house, I built a room. And in that room, I found a light. And Jesus, that light was you. That light was you. Thank God.